ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأن محمدا عبده ورسوله قال النبي صلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم البيعان بالخيار ما لم يتفرقا فإن صدقا وبينا بورك لهما في بيعهما وإن كتما وكذبا محقت بركة بيعهما صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Most respected elders and brothers السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrived in Medina Munawwara, then he did an amazing thing. He linked trade to, to spirituality. He linked business, buying and selling, and instead of it being just a matter of this dunya, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam linked business activities to the akhirah. And he made it such that the economic policy of the sharia was underpinned by good ethics, honesty, transparency, integrity. And if a person inculcated these inculcated these habits in his business practices then he would have good a good spiritual outcome outcome but if a person was dishonest he was cheating cheating he was cheating he was fraudulent he had immoral activities then this would result in harming his spirituality when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam arrived in Medina Munawwara, and we need to understand that in Makkah Mukarramah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was restricted as a minority, and a minority under oppression, occupation. It was difficult to have comprehensive economic policies in Makkah Mukarramah. But when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam arrived in Medina Munawwara, he went to the marketplace that was there, there prevalent at the time. And we need to understand that the Ansar of Medina Munawwara were primarily, far, primarily farmers. They would cultivate the land, cultivate the land. And the business and the trade and the marketplace was controlled by the Jews. So when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went went to inspect the market, marketplace of the Jews, he found that this place was inappropriate for the Muslims. Why? From amongst many reasons, 
there was dishonesty, there was inflated prices, there was fraud, corruption, interest-based transactions, excessive interest-based transactions. And so Rasulullah felt that this was not an appropriate place, place for the Muslims to carry out their business. And let us fast forward 1400 years, 1400 years and look at the marketplaces around the world and who controls the marketplaces and how the same form or same forms of evils are prevalent maybe with different with different names. So Rasulullah established a separate marketplace for the Muslims. For the Muslims. And this marketplace, this souk, had these good principles of honesty and integrity embedded in them. As a result, we found that these marketplaces flourished. And you found that not only was the akhirat made, but you saw Sahaba like Hazrat Rahman bin Auf, Hazrat Uthman anhum, coming out of these marketplaces with a lot of wealth. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is reported to have mentioned that a truthful, trustworthy businessman will be raised in which category? Not amongst the VIPs of this dunya, not amongst the Bill Gates and the uh, Mark Zuckerbergs and the others of this dunya, but Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentions that ma'an nabiyyin, that this truthful, honest trader will be raised, this trustworthy trader will be raised amongst the Anbiya. Anbiya. Wasiddiqeen, amongst the truthful ones and amongst the martyrs. On the other hand, on one occasion, Rasulullah was passing through the marketplace and he addresses the Sahaba and he says, Ya ma'asharat tujjar, O assembly of traders, O group of businessmen. And the hadith mentions that these people that were engaged in trade, they turned very attentively to Rasulullah awaiting this advice because he had prefixed this address with Ya Ma'sharat Tujjar, addressing them as O businessmen, indicating that perhaps he may have some very valuable advice to give to the businessmen. And what was this advice? It wasn't advice about how to price your product and how to market your product and how you should carry out the transaction. No. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is drawing their attention to akhirah. And he mentions that in tujjara yub'athuna yawm al-qiyamah that most of the traders of the businessmen will be raised on the day of qiyamah as the evil ones, as the sinful ones. Except, and he gives three exceptions, those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, those who do good, they are charitable, and those who are truthful. truthful. So we find that why did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa highlight the fact that 
many businessmen, many businessmen would be raised as evil ones. Because in business people may, business people may swear false oaths, they may overly praise their products, they may engage in certain types of transactions that are impermissible, they may hide the defects of the products that they have, they may engage in interest-based based transactions. So the majority or many of them will be raised as sinful ones, except those that have these qualities. What are these qualities? We qualities we glean from these ahadith. And before we get to those qualities, an interesting point, Hazrat Mufti Taqi Uthmani, Damat Barakatuhu mentions with regards to these two ahadith that there's an apparent contradiction. On the one hand, Rasulullah is talking about and he's praising the trade, the traders, the businessmen, and they will be with and they will be with the Ambiya, and they will be with the martyrs and with the truthful ones. And on the other side, he's saying other side he's saying many of them are going to be raised as sinful, sinful people. So in reality, Hazrat Damad Barakatuh mentions that there is no contradiction. Because in business you get two types of two types of people. Two types of people. You get those, those that are honest, those that are honest, those that are transparent, those that have got good morals and morals and ethics. And then you have those that are evil. Those that are only looking at the bottom line, looking at the bottom line, those that are looking at their profit, profit, how, how it comes, which way it comes, whether there is lies, fraud, fraud, fraud cheating, Late payments, non-payments, they don't worry about that. In another hadith, Rasulullah mentions, and this comes in Bukhari in more than one place. And it's a lengthy hadith. We'll talk. We'll just we'll talk. We'll just discuss the 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 last part of the last part of. The, the last part of the hadith, the hadith, wherein Rasulullah mentions, mentions that when two people are engaging in a transaction, aging in a transaction, aging in a transaction, aging in a transaction, and for in bayyana wa sadaqa, if they are open and transparent about the deal and they are honest, honest and they are truthful there will be baraka in the transactions of this
What does this mean? When they are open, that if there is a defect in the product, they, they, they highlight, highlight that defect. How are they going to pay? When are they going to pay? Are they going to pay? They are, they are completely honest and honest and truthful. But on the other hand, for in katama wa kathaba, that if they conceal certain aspects of the transaction which would be harmful, harmful to the counterpart, counterparty, and and they are lying, they are dishonest. Then what is what is the outcome? Muhiqat barakatu bayyihima. The barakah, the blessings of that, trans- of that transaction is, com- is completely destroyed and obliterated. So we find that trade gives Allah subhanahu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is giving us both a dunyawi and an ukhrawi benefit and harm. That if I do my trade in the right way and I have these qualities mentioned in, these, in this ahadith, what are these qualities? Honesty. I am honest. Trustworthiness. A trustworthy, truthful trader. Trustworthiness, amanat dari, is something that is leaving our community. What does it mean that when a person leave something with me as a trust. Perhaps he has given me the goods in advance without me paying. Or he has left some money with me. Money with me. Or he has disclosed some confidential information to me. Am I using using that confidential information in such a way that is going to cause harm to him and betraying that trust? That trust. So Rasulullah sallallahu is telling us, telling us that the qualities of a good businessman is firstly that they are truthful, secondly that they are trustworthy, thirdly that they are open and transparent in their deals. We find that on one occasion Rasulullah sallallahu was passing through the marketplace And he came across a person that was selling some food items, date, uh, uh, barley, wheat. So it's piled up in a heap. Nowadays, perhaps we may not have seen that, but in those days you would sell barley, wheat, and eatable items. It would be piled up and customers would come. So he comes there and Rasulullah he puts his hand into the pile of this food item. And when he takes it out, he finds that his fingers are moist. So he says to this person, that what is this? Oh trader, what, what is this? So the person then discloses and he says that, and he says that, you know, and he says that, you know, there was some rainfall, etc. that had come, that had come, that had come, and the bottom part of it had gotten wet. But what he was trying to do, this trader, is that he wasn't disclosing this defect in the product. And the top looked and the top looked very nice. It was dry. 
it looked like a pre- looked like a premium product. Right. So Rasulullah sallallahu says to him that man ghashana falaysa minna. That person that deceives deceives us. then he is not from amongst us. That person that deceives us, he is not from amongst us. That is why one of the qualities that Rasulullah is mentioning here is that a person has to have openness and transparency in his transaction. Now let us look into our own lives, own lives, own lives, and our own business practices. How often we find that, 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 for example, a person is selling a vehicle, selling a vehicle, and he knows that it's an accident-damaged vehicle, but he sells it as if there is no accident damage, and he fails to do, fails to disclose that to the customer, that to the customer. Thinking that if I have to sell and disclose the fact that this is an accident, is an accident damage vehicle, the price damage vehicle, the price is going to go down by fifty thousand, by a hundred thousand. But what he fails to realize, fails to realize, fails to realize that by going against this good business practice that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has highlighted has highlighted of openness, of honesty and transparency, that he is now failing to disclose, failing to disclose, and he is hiding, and he is hiding the defect of this item. That the that the barakah from that transaction is being totally obliterated. In fact, the harm, the dharar that he will experience will be far worse than that fifty or hundred that fifty or hundred thousand which apparently he believes that he is getting by selling a defective product. So you will find so you will find from all of these These qualities, respected elders and brothers, that one of the underpinning economic philosophies of the Sharia is that there is concern for the for the well for the well-being being of the counterparty in the transaction. Any transaction. Here we are talking about buying and selling, but if we we hire a person, if we hire a vehicle, if we hire a home, if we have to hire something from somebody else, if we have to give a loan to somebody, if we, somebody has given us a loan, in all of these transactions where there are two parties, counterparties as we call them, call them in conventional terms, then you will find that the Sharia places a lot of emphasis on concern concern for the well-being of the counterparty. Our Hazrat Rahmatullahi Ali, when discussing this topic of business integrity and honesty, he mentioned a beautiful hadith. 
wherein there was a very pious person from amongst the Banu Israel. And this person had borrowed a thousand gold coins. And at the time of concluding the transaction, the lender, he asked this person that, what will be your guarantee for this loan that I am giving you? So this person didn't have any guarantee. So he said that Allah will be my guarantee. Be my guarantee. So he says, very well, who will be your witnesses to this transaction? Now these are very important guidelines guidelines for us when we borrow money or we lend money. Quran speaks about it. It is permissible for there, be to, for there to be some security or some guarantee. And very importantly, 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 when we have these transactions, we should make sure that it is reduced to writing. One of the most, one of the most, one of the longest verses of the Quran discusses and encourages a person to reduce a debt transaction to writing. In fact, Hazrat Rahmatullahi Ali mentions nowadays with the amount of business disputes that we have, it is incumbent that all debt transactions should be pro properly documented and reduced to writing. Nevertheless, this person asks, who will be your witnesses? So he says that Allah will be my witness. So the lender says, very well, you have spoken the truth, no problem, I will lend you the money. Now the date to repay this money comes. And it so happens on that day that there is a flood, there is heavy rains. So the person, this pious person now that has to go and pay, to go and pay the money, he becomes, he becomes parishan. He becomes parishan because he, because he has because he has because he has to cross a river cross a river to be able, be able to be able to pay his creditor his creditor on time and Hazrat mentions this was the quality of the people of that time that there was a concern in their hearts that i need to make this payment on a certain date it shouldn't be that i cause taklif to leave to my creditor and I don't pay them on time. So this person, he makes a plan, plan, he gets a piece of hollow wood, he carves it out, he puts a thousand gold, gold coins in there and he, and he writes a note and he says that I apologize, I was on my way to pay you but I could, could not make it across the river and I am placing my trust, trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah and I'm placing this in the river. the river. And when he places it in, he makes a dua and he says, Oh Allah, this person asked me for a guarantee, for a guarantee, for a guarantee, for a guarantee. He asked me for witnesses and I said, Allah will be my guarantee, Allah will be my witness. Now I have to pay him on this date and you know that I cannot go, so make it such that this money reaches him. And he places his trust on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he sends it away. Now you and I shouldn't do this here. Of course, if we have this, our tawakkul is not of that level. And you say to somebody that, you know what, there were floods, there was storming, there was riots, there was riots, DSW was striking, so I couldn't come and pay you the money. 
So I put it in a put it in a bag and I put it in my post box. It will be gone. So nevertheless, now when the now when the flood subsides, subsides, this person he's still concerned. He doesn't know whether it has reached the creditor. There was no WhatsApp, no EFT SMS that comes to say that your payment has been received. So he takes another gold, uh, thousand gold coins and he goes to meet this person. And when he meets him, he explains the situation and he says to him that, "By you know what, this is what happened. This is what happened. But I still have the money here to give it to you." Now you have to ask yourself, you and I, if we we erroneously received an EFT, an EFT, will, will, will we say anything about it? Somebody sends, mistakenly they send you a thousand, thousand gold coins can be, you know, close to a million rands. We keep quiet. Oh, I didn't, I didn't receive it. Jazakallah, he takes the next gold coin. Hazrat mentions that, look at the honesty of the creditor as well. He says, no, I received the money. I received the money. The money came to me, I received it so you don't have to pay me. So Hazrat mentions and he comments on this hadith and he says, that when our honesty, our openness, our transparency in our transactions will